Today's episode is being posted on Valentine's Day, a day we usually associate with romantic love. In fact, as a bonus just for listening to this introduction, I'm including links to three love songs I've written and posted to my personal channel on YouTube. You'll find those links in the description of this episode. So if you're just in the mood for a love song or maybe looking for a nice sentiment to share with someone, those are my Valentine's Day gift to you. But meanwhile, for the entrepreneur in you, today I'm going to be talking about applying the secret of romantic love to business in order to achieve greater fulfillment and success. This is the Heart Body Business Podcast, inspiration, tips, and tools for entrepreneurs seeking a more fulfilling type of success, one that stems from exploring and expressing their true passion and purpose and finding healthy ways to do so, all coupled with insights and action items to get a business moving in the right direction. I'm Steve, your host, and I invite you to learn more at heartbodybusiness.com. If we want to apply the secrets of romantic love to business, we first need to know what we mean by romantic love. I believe in a powerful, universal love that has the potential to flow through all of us. This is both a creative and unifying force, and it's far beyond what we normally think of as human love. It's the thing we should be striving for, and it comes with the alignment I talk about through much of this podcast as we properly order heart, mind, and body. In fact, you might say that all other forms of what we call love in our daily experiences are like training grounds to make that alignment happen, to eventually have that kind of power, and to eventually pour that love through ourselves into those around us, to experience love on a wholly different level. But for now, we're focusing on what we think of as love most of the time, the love for a partner or spouse, the love for a child or other family, the love for friends, and so on. This stems from the same place, but we're mostly aligned for just a trickle of the love that's deep within us. Out of all these, romantic love is, of course, that which we want to share uniquely with one person, a love that usually leads at first to more physical intimacy, but if we're lucky in love, one that goes well beyond that, mental and emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, in a way we only share with one person. Granted, others may have their own beliefs, but this is my view and my use of the term romantic love. Now, do I know anything about its secrets? You'll have to decide if my ideas resonate with you, but I have been blessed with a marriage that's only grown deeper, more joyful, and more fulfilling every year for more than 20 years. And we've explored this topic as to what makes things work so well for us. While there are plenty of ways for it to all play out, I think there is one underlying key to romantic love. And getting something down to its principle is how you're able to apply it to other areas of life, including business. So, countless books out there on love countless books on business, and here on this one little episode, am I revealing the secret? Well, let me tell you what it is and you can decide if I'm right. 
the key to every little bit of it is the true self. That is the expression of the real you through all the masks, traumas, survival needs, and illusions of life. Because the real you is where love resides. It's where your happiness lies. And if you choose not to express it or don't feel safe to express it, and you don't allow your partner to feel safe in expressing it, you will never allow romantic love to grow. We'll get back to those three points in a minute so I can make sure they're clear. But first, let me cover two things. First, what we mean by the true self. And second, why so many of us are able to succeed in romance in the beginning of a relationship, but why things usually fall apart with time rather than blossoming and becoming more beautiful. In a sense, Anyone who believes that they are really some sort of soul or spirit operating through the vehicle of a body understands generally what I mean by true self. But we strongly identify with our thoughts and our bodies and outside influences or circumstances in ways that keep us from actually knowing that inner self. And if we don't know it, how can we express it? I've spoken before about human design, which my wife offers consultations in. There's a link in the description to her work. In human design, the body operates in an entirely mechanical way. But in our view, its design, its mechanics are chosen by the true self. So it has a vehicle specifically designed to carry out its goals, to carry out its purpose. In this sense, if you can know your design, if you can sense how your body is meant to operate and you allow it to operate in this way, you more easily accomplish everything you're here to do. By doing so, by living out the goals and purpose of your true self, you align with your inner love and joy and experience those in your life. So obviously, if you're not doing this, whether married or moving through life solo, you're not going to be happy. Often, life circumstances program our mechanical body away from living in the right way. Through pain or pleasure, we're taught to act in certain ways, avoiding certain things and becoming addicted to others. We can literally become addicted to something that is not an expression of the true self or conversely made to fear being ourselves for survival purposes. In these cases, we might feel good in the short run, but we never feel truly fulfilled. We might feel like we're on a treadmill, could easily blame those around us for what we're feeling, could easily face a midlife crisis, and so on. Everyone is meant to express themselves differently. In my own chart, for instance, I'm meant to bring hope to the world around me, but I'm not meant to fix things. If I find myself constantly fixing problems, I am not acting out of my real purpose. Conversely, some people are meant to fix things and not simply dwell in hope. And this is only a tiny piece of a much larger picture that I can learn from through human design which is why I encourage you to learn more about it. You can get your own free body graph on Jovian Archive 
But when you want to explore its deeper meaning, you can consider a coach like my wife or others. Just make sure they've gone through the proper multi-year training if you want to make the most of this process. So, if most of us are traumatized, misled, afraid, addicted, etc., and we're operating for what human design calls the not-self, why are so many of us able to initially hit it off with someone? to feel an incredible bond with them, to share our dreams and hear their dreams, and to feel like we're blasting off to the moon, only to have all of this crumble over time. It's the same self-not-self situation. When we're attracted to someone and we want to open the door to romantic love, we pay a lot more attention, and we do one of two things. First, we aren't our true selves, but we hide anything we think most people will object to. And we might emphasize our successes, even if they don't represent what we really want out of life. We feel they might attract other people. In short, we lay out our best not-self, which, curiously enough, might be someone else's best self because it might fit their design even though it doesn't fit our own. Someone might fall for that design, the one we're presenting, but it is not us. So if we have to keep living up to it over time, we will resent doing so. And if we stop living up to it, then we reveal a new person that our partner never fell in love with. So what else can happen but that it all falls apart? Or second, we are our true selves. We bring out the best of who we're genuinely meant to be. We make grand gestures through our creativity. We show interest and respect in who the other person is and so on. Two things can go badly here. First, the other person isn't being their own self, so it'll fall apart for the reason I explained before. Or they are being their own self, but maintaining this requires a lot of energy, a lot of focus, a lot of concentration, and we tend to lose this as we get comfortable with them, fall back into routine, and fall back into not-self behaviors. We are not perfect as humans, and this will happen. But there's hope where two people have brought their true selves together. Hope if they are patient with themselves and patient with each other. Hope if they will give each other time and space to work through their not-self moments and gradually, through the years, to find more confidence to be who they are really here to be. As I said earlier, this means, first, you need to know your design and choose to express it. Second, you need to feel safe to express it, which means feeling safe with your spouse. And third, your spouse needs to feel safe to express it, which means they feel safe with you. This safety comes not only with familiarity, but with a deep sense of mutual respect. You must respect who your partner is how he or she is meant to operate, and what he or she is here to accomplish. If you cannot respect that, they will not feel safe to be themselves and will therefore never be fulfilled. 
or they will express themselves anyway, and you will always be frustrated or angry with them or embarrassed by them. And this, of course, works both ways. Now, when you understand the idea of self and not self, I can say absolutely that the true self always loves. So anything unkind, anything unloving comes from the not self. When you understand this, when you understand that anything unloving is not coming from your partner, but from them standing in error in that moment, then suddenly you do not take it personally if they are being unkind. You may not be willing to put up with it forever. If someone is always their not self and they are continually unkind, this is maybe not the relationship to develop into a deeper union. But at least you don't need to take this personally. I know some people struggle with self-love. This is, of course, another area of not-self. But this also has to do with a certain type of human design. It may be harder for some people not to take things personally. But the more you're aware of these things, the easier it still is. With mutual respect in place, you can gently call each other out on not-self-actions, or let the other know that you're going to provide some space until they're able to get back to themselves. Again, you'll have to have developed a sense of safety and genuine respect ahead of time. Otherwise, you just set up defenses and more walls that need to come down before the true self can shine. But this is why respect and safety are so important. They allow space for the work to be done. And by the way, nothing wrong with recognizing in yourself when you're not yourself and asking for space. As long as this isn't used as a regular excuse to get out of one's own responsibilities, this is respectful to others doing what you can to only bring them your very best. Now, I've said a lot about romantic love here, and maybe, hopefully, this is insightful and useful for at least some of you listening. But now to wrap things up, let's apply all this to business. First, if we're able to identify someone's real purpose, this is the area they naturally want to execute on and are probably excellent at it. The more we can position employees accordingly, the better our business is going to excel. Even if someone's position isn't a perfect fit, we can always look for ways to make that position uniquely theirs, seeing where you can fit their skills into it in a way that others could not. Second, we can develop a mutual respect in the business that allows people to make mistakes and improve, but never to bring the business down by continually being their not-selves. We also need to bring our own best self and to develop an environment where one or more of our colleagues can call us out as well. I don't know how many leaders are willing to be that vulnerable, but a leader is really meant to show others the way. And if they expect to be able to call others out on their stuff, this needs to be a mutual opportunity. 
Then we think about getting customers. Landing a new customer is like those early dates with someone, the honeymoon period when we're super conscious and showing our best. But once they spent their money with us, do we start to fall into a pattern with them to treat them differently? If so, how does this impact lifetime value? Lifetime value is like romantic love. It can collapse after that early success, or it can grow for years and years because we've continued to give attention to seek what someone else needs to grow and have done our best to grow ourselves, including improvements to our goods and services. Just like in a romantic relationship, the key to growth is mutual respect and a desire for someone to become their true selves, to express the best of what's in them. Perhaps we're fulfilling needs that help them to feel more secure in their lives. Maybe we just make them feel safe in our interactions with them and they can let a little of their true selves out. Ultimately, everyone has this inner drive to be their best selves. If we can help them to achieve a little more of that state, then we're helping them to feel happier and more fulfilled while also helping them contribute in a better way to the world. So there is something to this that never hits the ledger, meaning to our work that goes beyond dollars. But also, if we make them feel that good, there's a much better chance they're with us for the long run. On a final note, years into a successful romantic relationship, many find that they have fewer financial stresses than when they were young and raising children. If you've been able to cultivate some level of financial freedom and you've cultivated the safe space with a loving partner, these are two keys meeting our lower needs that let us pursue self-actualization as we see in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In other words, to work on really being our true selves, we can seek meaning more than just the lower needs. In a similar way, if we cultivate the right culture in our business where we really want meaning and we've built a strong financial base, we can start to think more and more outside the box about what we're contributing to the world, about whether we're expressing our real purpose, and if not, finding new ways to do so within the business or alongside it. In the end, everything we've talked about today boils down to wanting to be your best, joining forces with others, wanting to also be their best, and having mutual respect for what the best looks like in individuals and for giving them the space to work toward it. Romantically or in business, we have better days and worse days. We make genuine errors and wish we could take things back along the way. But in the right space with ourselves and others, we feel immediately forgiven for these as mere learning steps. And we're on to the next step where we know we'll do better. It's a path. And so romantic love is but its own journey of growth. And business is a journey of growth. And life itself is a journey of growth. I hope this episode encourages you on that journey 
as I know you're working to bring out your best. I know you express something unique and important. And I hope you're sharing it as often as you can, for this is what touches lives. This is what causes the whole world to grow. Till next time, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe. You can also join our mailing list to get alerts on our latest episodes and other tips, tools, and news. Learn more and sign up at heartbodybusiness.com.